Bobby Boucher, did they ever catch that gorilla? That attacked <laughs> that, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, that's mama, right. the search continues. That's right. <laughs> no, right. It is episode two of Glass City Game Time, one of America's great sports podcasts brought to you by The Blade. My name is Corey Crisson, and today we are talking wall-to-wall UT versus BG football, and joining me to do so, to my left, Nick Petrovich, he's the BG writer for The Blade, and to my right, David Briggs, sports columnist for The Blade. Gentlemen, Ep2. What's up? What's up is indeed, I'll tell you what's up, football. We are wall-to-wall, like I said. BG versus UT this Saturday. Toledo at Bowling Green. UT 4-1, 1-0 in the MAC. Bowling Green 1-4, 0-1 in the MAC. From Doit Perry Stadium at noon on Saturday. And, well, there's a lot to talk about here. So, Briggsy, Toledo, a 24.5-point favorite into this one. And in your column on Sunday, after their win against Western Michigan, who, pound for pound, two of the best three teams in the MAC. You went out and said they look like they're the class of the MAC. You know what did you mean by that? Yeah, well, I mean I, Toledo was my pick before the year. I think they have the best, you know, top to bottom talent. They do recruit the best each year. They have the stability at the top with the coaching, and it just seemed like a very wide open league. You look across the league this year. You know, Ohio was the was the favorite in the East, but as Nick knows well, that's uh, that's never going to end well for them. And and so far, uh, you know, a couple couple losses to group of five peers mm-hmm. got blown out by Louisiana Tech, um, or was it Louisiana Lafayette? It was Louisiana. Okay, Louisiana. Um, twenty point loss to them, and uh, also lost to Marshall. Needed overtime in the opener to beat Buffalo. Just a very wide open league, and Toledo has probably looked the strongest so far. Their defense has held, been good enough, and quarterback play has been good enough, and have one of the best rushing offenses in the country. So, all in all, just seems like Toledo's probably the best team with the most favorable schedule. I just want to point out, by the way, we're talking BGUT, and Nick's wearing an OU jacket. Proud alum. So Proud alum, okay. yes. So it's Ohio's okay. first and finest university. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. And then on the BG end, obviously last week at number nine Notre Dame, a tough task for anybody. But you pointed out in your Sunday column that they did show some positive signs despite the shutout. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at 52 nothing. it's, I mean, pretty obvious. The talent is very much that much of a difference. However, with Bowling Green, I mean, the, the past few weeks had just been so rough that they were looking for pretty much any baby steps. When you go on the road and lose by six touchdowns to Kent State, good God, I mean, has, have <laughs> things gone off the rails? So they needed to see something going forward in the right direction. And against a team where they were so clearly outmatched, I mean, Notre Dame, you look at literally every single position and you give the advantage to Notre Dame, often a huge advantage. For them to rush for three and a half yards of carry, to hold the ball for 33 minutes, and to maybe find flickers of life from the quarterback position, that's something. Uh, against a team that good, that's something. Um, what is that going to lead to long-term? I don't know. But the Bowling Green season was always going to be determined by where they came from beginning to end. And this is only the midpoint. Um, they clearly still have a long way to go. But this year was always going to be about growth. And talking about that, I thought it was unbelievable. Brian Kelly, Notre Dame coach, openly came out and said, 
we're looking past Bowling Green. Like this game is not about Bowling Green. This is about individual improvement. I never really heard a coach actually come out and say that. And watching the beginning of the NBC broadcast, Mike Tirico's like, yeah, very easy win expected for Notre Dame today. This is not about Bowling Green. This is just about individual execution. And uh, no, I mean, that's the, that's fair. I mean, it's just, it's just where Bowling Green is right now. And that's that. They're trying to figure quite a few things out, including Nick, the quarterback position. As of today, no starting quarterback listed on the depth chart. But however, last week, backup quarterback Grant Loy came in 100 yards and an interception on 13 completions. Could he be the solution? Could he be the one that we see under center on Saturday? Potentially. They went with the uh, the order back on the depth chart. So they went with, they didn't name either guy. They went with or uh, Wade or Loy. I think potentially um, Loy could be the guy simply because he can jumpstart their running game in a different way. He's kind of like a power runner. And last year they used him almost in like a wildcat setting, but with the caveat being that he's actually a quarterback and can throw the ball and and get some respect. He, I mean, he made a couple of big-time throws in that game. Didn't blow the doors off Notre Dame by any means, but certainly looked like um, he was getting that offense moving a little bit. Um, they only have two options because they only have they have three scholarship quarterbacks, one who transferred and can't play this year, and then the two guys they have right now. So it's not like they have a tremendous amount of, you know, a, a wide array of guys to choose from. So of the two that they can choose from, I, I think a lot of Bowling Green fans are at the point where they're ready to at least see Loy a little more. It's a fair argument to start either quarterback, and you look at Loy coming in last week with 100 yards against Notre Dame, but Briggs, I'm thinking about how this Bowling Green defense could slow Toledo down, and particularly Bryant Kobach, who's been one of the best running backs in the country, 177 yards last week. You know, Just how good is he, and how could Bowling Green actually slow him down? Yeah, I don't know how they can slow him down, and I don't know. I mean, the 24-and-a-half point spread, that's just a only reason it's so close is just because it's a rivalry game, and, and Toledo or Bowling Green has played them fairly I see Phil over there laughing before touchdown spreads not enough for you the only reason it's so close (laughs) now I mean if you look at the it's just hard to even analyze these two programs at this place and it has nothing to do with Scott Leffler I think he's probably the right guy to, to bring stability it's just the rosters are so different the former athletic director Chris Kingston just completely slaughtered this program <laughs> with his with his form with his hire of uh, that's of, too generous of a verb of uh, <laughs> of Mike Jinx it's um it's just the program has been set back so far that I hesitate to even analyze these individual matchups the the talent differential is just so so extreme. I mean, Bowling Green is one of the two or three worst programs in the country this year, and that might be being generous. Toledo's got it going pretty well. I expect Brian Kobach to have a big game. I expect everyone on Toledo to have a big game. So, well, it's like you mentioned in your Sunday column. The rest of the league would like to have Toledo's problems. Sure, sure. In a way. And I think when you look at Bowling Green, opposite sides of the spectrum right, right. now. Toledo over here, Bowling Green over here, and it's, you know, sometimes that's just what happens. Yeah. And- oh, no, and I think one of the things that's kind of – Interesting in the MAC. I mean, when you're having this turnover, obviously Ohio's uh, an exception with Frank Solich, and they've had a really good program for a, a number of years now. But the one the one thread for Toledo over the success of the last decade is Jason Candle. You know, he was an assistant on uh, Tim Beckman's staff, and then an assistant under Matt Campbell, and then he got the job. So I mean, you have that consistency, that same culture for ten plus years. Whereas Bowling Green, they've had some good coaches in there, going from uh, going from Clawson to Babers. Well. 
and then to, to Mike Jinx. But you're consistently turning over. You're consistently losing classes. It's just eventually you're bound to run into a, you know, maybe not the not the greatest hire, and it's just it's hard to keep that going. And, and we're seeing I mean, the rosters at this point. It's almost like when a MAC team plays against like a middle Power Five team. If you look at the the talent differential between these two teams, where Toledo is one through eighty five, and where right. Bowling Green is one through seventy five, it's almost like Bowling Green is playing the the matchup playing say like Minnesota or Purdue or right. someone like that. Toledo is has been just one of the most consistent commodities yeah. in all of Group of Five football. Yeah, whereas Bowling Green is just trying right. is trying to clean this up and get this going. They've had 10 straight years of the same culture and classes ranked among the top two or three in the MAC, whereas Bowling Green is, you know, four or five years behind right now. And, uh, you know, Leffler has a, a really good class coming in next year, it seems like, at least the momentum towards that. But it's just, yeah, I mean, the talent. This is probably like Bowling Green playing Morgan State. <laughs> it might get given what Morgan State has done the rest of the season. It's probably not quite that bad, but it's uh, it's not great. Hey, either. Morgan State challenged Army. I'm oh. sure it did. So did Michigan. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> if we can kind of compartmentalize what Bowling Green is right now, and I know this may be a tall task to do, Nick, but you know, looking at we talk about UTBG on the opposite side of the spectrum, but remove UT for a second. Bowling Green, you guys mentioned the recruiting class should be better next year. Things should start to improve as early as next year, but why not try to start that whole thing now? Maybe this is a lose the war, win the battle kind of thing this week at UT or against UT where Bowling Green starts to make those steps into trying to turn that thing around. Yeah, and this is going to be a huge benchmark for wherever this program goes because you can completely flip a rivalry series when you win a game that you are not supposed to. And we saw this happen for fans of a certain age. This happened in the Ohio State-Michigan series. Ohio State was top to bottom better than Michigan from 94 to 96. Michigan won two of those games as a a heavy underdog in 95 and 96. They were national champions in 97. I think this really, really can give you a lot of momentum for future years. And especially in this rivalry where the proximity is so close and you're recruiting a lot of the same kids, you pick them off once and just get this ball rolling the other way that can make a difference Briggs you have a prediction for this week yeah well I haven't really thought about that probably I I do think Bowling Green gets a little bit going probably 50 to 14 Petrovich I think they will I think they will have a a couple of moments where it looks like they will challenge I think Toledo will wear them down in the second half with their running game I'm gonna say 45 to 20 okay Kristen says 38-13. 38-13. I just think all UT's right. we defense. We all got the cover. I think you, Yeah, I got the cover. I think UT's defense is something that is going to showcase itself this week. As much as we're talking about the running game and we're talking about UT's offense, I really think the defense can be showcased this week, and especially Bowling Green having quarterback conundrums right now and not knowing. Well, we yeah. don't know who they're starting. They might know, but we don't know yeah. as of now. And so. Toledo's probably the weirdest bend but not break defense in the country. I think they're last last in the league in total defense, but first in scoring defense. So I guess credit to them for uh, those stands. Nick, David, thanks for the time this week. Good luck covering this weekend. All right. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to listen to. But stay tuned, those of you listening. We're going to talk to sports editor Scott McNeish and get the editor's perspective before we close this podcast out. All right, continuing here on Glass City Game Time, and now here joining us for the editor's perspective 
is Blade Sports editor Scott McNeish. Now, Scott, the all-time series in this football game, 40-39-4 in favor of UT. The Rockets have won nine in a row, and the odds makers will tell you that it's likely going to be a tenth in a row as Toledo's yeah. a 24.5-point favorite. So I guess the main question is, how can Bowling Green put a stop to all of this projected stuff? Well, that's a great question, and I don't know if they are able to this year. Maybe in a couple years, Bowling Green is very, very overmatched, and I don't think it's just because they played Notre Dame or anything like that or just played Kansas State. Scott Leffler is taking over a situation that is tough. Uh, I think that would be tough for any coach. Now, eventually, he might be able to get some of the blame once his recruits and that kind of stuff don't perform as, as he wants them to, but... I think they're totally overmatched in this specific game. I think that opening line of 24 and a half is generous. I think it, it could get ugly. UT is playing great. You have to give them all the credit in the world. And if you look today, Bowling Green did not name a starter for Saturday's game. They It's the order back, if you will, that uh, Nick Petrovich would say earlier in the podcast. But backup quarterback Grant Loy threw 100 yards and an interception against Notre Dame. He might get the ball Saturday. We don't know yet, but... Regardless, BG's got a little bit to figure out with just the quarterback alone. I think so, and I think it's interesting that they're playing that little tactic, but if you watch the Notre Dame game, you saw someone come in who displayed no fear whatsoever, and I thought that that was very interesting, and I think that got the attention of some fans, and I think it got the attention of the coaching staff to where now it's a legitimate question who's going to start, and I think they have, they have that to figure out, but why not give them both a shot? I mean, really, if you're building towards the future, see what you got. BG and UT this Saturday at noon. Looking at UT, I mean, it's been Brian Kobach and his offense. 177 yards last week. David Briggs mentioned it on Sunday that Toledo looks like the class of the MAC, and they might be, they probably are, but Brian Kobach has been the driving force of this offense. Yeah, it's been great. If you think back to, to MAC Media Day, everyone was in love with Ohio University, that they were going to be the team to beat, and they still might be. But, wow, Toledo looks really, really good. Um, yeah, he's he's been great. And when you look back to the first game of the year, the quarterback gets hurt when they're leading at Kentucky. That could have been totally different. They look so much better than everybody else in the MAC. So Dave Briggs is right on the money. They are the class of the MAC. It, I think it just now is can they win it all? And then how big of a bowl game can they get to? What are your predictions for this Saturday? Oh, man, you're going to put me on that spot. Huh? Absolutely. I put the other two on the spot, so it's only fair. Fair enough. Um, I think that Bowling Green will be able to score some points. I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was last week. I will go Toledo 42, BG 14. So we all got the cover. Then. <laughs> all of us in yeah. this room has yep. the cover for this. That's you know, right. What's the one thing that you're going to watch for this Saturday in this game? I just want to see BG compete. I just want to see BG not be afraid and come out swinging. They've emphasized this rivalry so long since Scott Leffler got there. I think it's going to be interesting to see them come out with the fight that maybe you expect in a rivalry game. I think that'll be interesting to see if it happens after what's happened the last four weeks. I think you could understand. It's just human nature that it would be tough to bounce back from that. If they're able to compete and make it a game, I would consider that almost a win. If they could just keep it close. All four losses by Bowling Green have been by at least 28. So. If they can shrink that margin, you know, sure. kind of walk before you can run kind of thing. Absolutely. Then we'll see where Bowling Green can go. Scott, thanks for joining us for the editor's perspective. You bet. 
Big thanks to Dave Briggs. Thanks to Nick Petrovich. Thanks to Phil Kaplan. This has been Glass City Game Time. Check us out every week on the Blade News Slide and other various sources within the Blade's social media sphere. My name is Corey Crisson. We'll talk to you next week.